I got a question for the listeners, Elise. Oh, yeah? Do you live in a city with speed bumps? Or turtles? Turtles? You know, the little reflector things on the streets that when you drive over them, they're... Well, they're not even are, necessarily... What are you... It's like the round, no. bumpy things. The round, bumpy things in the middle of the road are called turtles? Yeah, they're turtles. Where, where did you make this up? I didn't make this up. This is... Everyone knows they're called turtles. You learned this in driver's ed when you were 15? No way. I've never, ever, ever heard anyone call them turtles. What do you want to know about speed bumps and turtles, Jen? (laughs) First, I want to argue with you about what they're called. They're just the small bumpy things. Yeah, that sounds like their official name. What I'm thinking about is, because on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about um, what happens when you get to the hospital, if you're choosing to have a hospital birth, um, what happens when you get there. And what I'm thinking about is that car ride to the hospital. And I'm thinking about speed bumps and how they're not really that much fun when you're in labor. Although it's kind of funny because a lot of people talk about, I think, hopefully, joke about driving over speed bumps to get into labor. But when it's actually happening, speed it's, bumps are not your friends. No. I I have um, experienced the speed bump experience in labor <laughs> with the drive into the hospital. Not so much your friend. Turtles. Or turtles. But turtles could be your friends. Really? I don't know. Because I think little. we should probably tell them this podcast is brought to them by turtles. <laughs> what the are you listening to? This car ride is brought to you by turtles. And you are listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new turtle. I mean, baby. (laughs) I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. And all this turtle talk makes me want to, like, shine my car. You know that turtle wax? Oh. No? No. I I don't know that I've ever actually waxed my car. No, me either. Yeah. No. No. No, I don't. It rains far too often around yeah, I don't here think for anyone to have a waxy car. Yeah. Do you guys anyway. do that? I don't know. That's weird. Um, no, it's not. It'd so many nice. things to weigh in on. Are they actually called turtles? Do you use turtle wax to wax your car? Uh-huh. I do think turtles are cute, though. Speaking of driving, though, we should stay in our lane. Uh, oh. We know nothing about turtles, so we should stay in our lane and actually talk about something we do know about, which is pregnancy and birth. And today we're talking about what to expect when you arrive to the hospital. So um, for those of you who are planning for an out-of-hospital birthing experience, I'm sorry. Turn um, it off. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> and actually... Um, Some of what we're talking about today really would also apply to you um, as a lot of the the things we're talking about also happen at a birth center. Yeah, or Um, home. Or at home. There's no car ride when you're staying at home unless you just want to go for a ride. Yeah. So regardless of where you're having your baby, um, I think you're going to actually find today helpful. Um, And um, we're going to be talking more specifically physically about arriving at a hospital. You know, this just takes me back to TV birth, though. There's always the, like, screaming into the hospital. There's never the the long walk down the hall. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But let's jump back into that car ride again. There might be some vocalizing in that car ride because it's not fun. And if your car ride is fun, you're probably going too soon. 
It's fun. Well, like a joyride. Like a joyride. If it's joyful, then maybe you're going too soon. Right. And I've heard many, many times people say, I feel like I should go to the hospital now because if I wait much longer, I'm really going to hate the car ride. Uh, Then you're going too soon. Yeah. You should hate the car ride. Yeah. Okay. So here's the reason we're saying this. Not because we want you to hate anything. But we want (laughs) you. (laughs) We want you to get to the place where you're choosing to have your baby, in this case a hospital, and not have to leave. Mm-hmm. So backing Which we'll up later, call the walk or the drive of shame. Yeah. So um, here's here's some gentleness to you. Um, you've never done this before. You have no idea what to expect. Some of those odd sensations happening in your body could be that you're starting to go into labor, or it could mean nothing at all. Um, I had some friends tell me that I should go to the hospital when I was expecting my first because of some of the like, oh, you're having cramps because I deemed them as cramps about every 10 minutes. And they're like, oh, you should definitely go to the hospital. Um, I had a comfortable ride to the heart uh, hospital and I had a comfortable ride on your home, way back home from the hospital. And when I mean comfortable, not like laying on a, a cushy couch, but I wasn't like needing to breathe deeply. I wasn't rhythmically contracting. So that's why when we talk about it should be an uncomfortable ride to the hospital, what we don't want to have happen is for you to have to come home. So um, a tiny reminder here of contractions should be coming longer, stronger, and closer together. We want to think about the rule of either 511 or 411, depending on what area of the country you live in and what your providers are saying. But that, that is contractions four or five minutes apart. Yep. One minute long and lasting for a full hour. And just for those that don't want to get stuck with the numbers, because I don't want you to get too caught up with right. those numbers, it shouldn't be a, huh, oh, I feel that. It should be a, Oh, right. kind of sound. And there you, you have it. If you're not a vocalizer, that's also fine. But you should feel a strong sensation for a minute long. Yeah. That's um, a different sensation than you probably had at other times in your life. You should internally be feeling, oh. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean. Mostly I just like to make flavoring sounds. Yes, we know. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why we're talking about kind of, um, first of all, when to go to the hospital and knowing that this is tricky, you guys. We fully get that. Um, But in our vast experience, um, people tend to go to the hospital on average before they need to rather than, whoops, I should have gone a while ago. Oh, yeah. It's just that. Getting sent home from the hospital doesn't make the news. Right. And friends rarely bring that up when they're like, oh, my best friend's second cousin, she got sent home from the hospital. No. No. We hear the stories of, oh, she barely walked in the door and had that baby. Or there's always the very, very rare highway birth uh, that happens, you know, when... You have to pull over and have a baby. Right. That is really, really rare. I actually don't know anyone that's happened to. So it's not very common. Uh, We know so many people, though, that were sent home. Right. Yeah. So 
There you have it. You're okay. on your car ride. You... You're driving down the road. I kind of feel like we should like act out driving, except nobody can see no us. No one can see you, so just pass it over, Elise. You okay. look like a fool. I look like a fool. Okay, I'll just <laughs> sit here. Woohoo! You got to the hospital. Now the question is: drop and roll. Or park and waddle. Ooh, I love it. (laughs) Drop and roll. Okay, what's dropping and rolling? That's what I do when I drop my kids off at the school. You know, barely slow the car down, kick them out. Yeah, it is not stop, drop, and roll. Not to be confused (laughs) with the fire. But drop and roll is a your partner pulls up to the front door and drops you off and you walk in. And he rolls away, or she rolls rolls away, away. or park and waddle. You stay in the car, you get a parking spot, and you waddle in to the hospital. If the the roll on up or the roll in that you're doing after you're dropped or the waddle is too much, you can always ask for a wheelchair. Exactly. So that would be a park and also roll. Roll. Oh, well. <laughs> no, that's okay because there's drop and roll and park and roll. Either right. One you works. can roll with any of those. Yes. Although, if you can. Don't drive into the hospital. Don't though. drive into the hospital. That's bad. If you can, I think it's always really awesome to waddle on in, whether yeah. it's from the parking garage or lot or wherever or from the drop off. Tell me why. Because you've got gravity. Uh-huh. And movement. movement, the more that you can move those hips, and that's why we call it the park and waddle, is the more that you can sway those hips and move your body and give your baby space to come on down and put some pressure on your cervix, the better it is for your labor. Yep. No judgment if you're like, whoa, we're way past that point. I can't do it. Also, a lot of people don't like sitting in wheelchairs because that's a lot of pressure oh, on like baby head. No, I'd right? rather waddle than sit in a... In a wheelchair any day. Right. Sitting is generally not something people really love right. during labor. So there's not a right and wrong here, guys. Um, I think there's this is a perf- personal preference. I personally wanted to stay with my partner. Um, I birthed in a hospital three times, and I went with him every time rather than being dropped um, because I didn't want to be alone. Or with a nurse could take you up if you're in a wheelchair. Yeah, Sometimes but that there's wasn't, somebody that takes you up. I wanted to be with my partner. Yeah. That was just my personal preference. So you do what feels um, best to you. But again, most of the time you think you're further in labor than you actually are. And so there's probably not as much of a hurry to get into a labor and delivery room as right. you might anticipate. Um, Ooh, yep. Okay, so you rolled up. Yep. And if you're like me, you have packed for all scenarios and for a good week. You have brought a weekend worth of luggage. Maybe you brought your cooler, soft-sided and hard-sided. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. (laughs) We all know how Jen feels about this. Minimalist packing for hospitals. I don't see the point. I just don't see the point. Elise moves in for a week. I think it would be really nice if hospitals had those... uh, I don't know the words for them. Luggage trolleys? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And you could bring that in. It would be so handy. It would, but they don't have those. They don't. So So there you are. So you've got all this stuff. And if you're doing a waddle and you need to lean on your partner on the way up, it might not be a good idea to load your partner down with 20 bags. Exactly. And you 
probably aren't going to be in a place where you're going to want to be carrying the bags. If you are, then you shouldn't be there. Right. Unless you're there for an induction. Right. (laughs) Yeah. If you're carrying your own luggage and you feel good about, you know, that feels like no problem, you might be there too soon. Yeah, exactly. So um, what we might suggest is that you strategically pack a bag with some snacks, some water bottle, maybe clothes that you wanted to wear for birth, maybe your comfort items, Um, but you leave your car seat and your baby stuff and your sleeping bag. Whatever you brought for your shower for the next day, you know, all the stuff. Your four outfits for staying in the hospital, your, um, I don't know, what else are people bringing to the hospital that would take so much luggage? I don't really know. Basically pack a smallish bag that would be... um, all the things that you're going to want for the birth. Right away. Right away. And again, leaving some of those like things for a baby. Um, you don't need a blanket for the baby. You don't need an outfit for the baby. And you definitely don't need a car seat because um, you're not going to be running out of there immediately after you have right. a baby. You, you'll have time for someone to run down and grab those So things. minimize what you're bringing up with you um, because you're going to not want to burden your partner with a ton of stuff. Right. Exactly. So leave those things behind. So where the heck do you go? All right. First of all, you should figure out at your particular hospital if it's where the heck you should go. Where the heck you should go. We know of a local area hospital where you actually need to go to the emergency room um, because the main doors of the hospital are closed at night. Yep, that's pretty common. So you go to the emergency room and then they take you kind of through the hospital in a back way um, to the labor and delivery room. Other hospitals have, you know, you go to a door near the labor, um, what not what not labor and delivery room, what am I calling this? It's childbirth center is what it's often called at hospitals or a, I don't know, women and children's ward, yep. whatever it's called. Whatever snazzy little name they decided to give yes. your labor and delivery. So maybe kind of figure that out before, um, if because again, it could be different during the day than it is at two in the morning, and most likely you're going to arrive at more like two in the morning than you are at three in the afternoon. That's hey, here's just... a handy little trick, tip, oh. and trick. Take a tour of your hospital. Oh, 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 brilliant. Right? They schedule them. They're free. Somebody Do tells it. you all of these things. That's great. And you get a little test run, which I like. I love that. You don't have to practice your drive to the hospital multiple times. No, no. But it's it's really nice to know your path, right? I always feel better when I'm like, here's where I'm headed. I also like eyeballing the room. I mean, not the specific room, but getting an eyeball for like, this will be what a room looks like that I will give birth in. Right. You don't want to uh, expect something plush and fancy. One of the things that we've yeah. been hearing a lot is that a lot of our area hospitals call the labor and delivery the birth center. Uh-huh. And then when you go into that space, they realize, ah, uh, it's a hospital room. Right. With a tub that you can labor in. But it's not. You know, there isn't a queen-size bed. It's not fancy. It's not fancy. There isn't a queen-size bed. There isn't, uh, you know, lots of extra special stuff. You can dim the lights, but, you know, it's it's still a hospital room. And it would be such a bummer if that's what you had imagined in your mind, that you were getting, like, a birthing suite, um, and then it turns out that it's a hospital room, and you've discovered that 
in labor. Oh, yeah. That, I'd be bummed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, check it out. Do the the hospital tour. Yeah. But before you get that room, you might make a pit stop. Oh. And that special little place is called triage. So, that is kind of... Um, if I have arrived at a hospital where I have to go through the emergency room, then when I go up into labor and delivery, um, and it's usually labor and delivery floor, section, department, whatever we're calling it, (laughs) and um, I'm going to get taken to a little area, typically, called triage. So um, triage is not fancy. Oh, Um, even, you know, we've talked about birth suites, then hospital rooms. Now triage is like... Kind of what you see on TV, I feel like. Elise, I'm trying to think of how many different hospitals globally that I have um, been in a triage room for. And um, I'm not bragging here, <laughs> but it's been quite a lot. I mean, I'm not You've even... seen gonna, a lot of triage rooms. I've seen a lot of triage rooms. And here's what I, I've noticed. Um, triage rooms are either um, got a little sliding glass door, and it's a tiny, tiny little room, Mm -hmm. but it does have a little door to it. I've also seen beds in um, surrounded by, what do you call that, cloth sheet? Curtain? Curtain. (laughs) But it's, you know... What do you call a hanging cloth sheet? A curtain. But you know what I mean? It's like the, like, you hear the, like, of the... Oh, yeah. You can't can't fully understand the the curtain until you hear us make the sound of the curtain. So that cloth sheet, (laughs) otherwise known as a curtain, um, gets pulled around the bed, and that's how big triage is for you. Like, it's not... It's the bed, one folding metal chair, and then the computer... And, and that's it. And machine for yeah. listening to your baby. That's it. So the whole point of triage is to not keep you hanging out there very long. No. Like, this is not the place you want to get nice and cozy and stay. Right. Um, they now, don't want anyone moving into triage. Now, once in a while, if um, there's some... Um, we're not going to go into all of the different reasons why, But if there's a thought of, yes, we think you're progressing well, but you're not quite at a point where we would um, admit you to the hospital, they might say, leave your stuff here in triage and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And that walk could even be inside the hospital or it could even be go for a walk down the street um, and then come back in an hour and we'll reassess and see whether we're going to admit you. But it is not um, generally a a very comfortable place. It's a let's do this and get you going. However, time stands still in triage. This is true. It's, you know, it's all about moving along and getting you where you need to be. And yet when you're in there, it feels like you're in there for an eternity. Yeah. Because you're waiting for the thumbs up, right? You're waiting for your golden ticket. You are. So when we say time stands still, what we're saying is you're kind of in this place of, am I going to stay or are they going to send me home? And you're probably feeling a lot of feelings, meaning (laughs) sensations in your body. You're coping with labor and you're probably doing it in a fairly smallish space. So what to expect in that triage room? Well, first of all, vitals on you, the birthing person. Mm -hmm. And by vitals, we mean they're going to take your blood pressure, your temperature, and your pulse. 
Next, they're going to listen to your baby to check in on their heart rate and how they're doing. Um, and then probably expect to have a vaginal exam as well. Um, and lots and lots of questions, right, Elise? Oh, yeah. Some people be could be coming in with registration questions and, you know, getting a copy of your insurance card. You know, have your have your purse or your wallet or yeah. whatever you carry that stuff in ready to go because you're not going to be digging for that stuff. It's going to be your support person that's digging and for that stuff. I'm thinking those questions are when did um, these contractions start? Have you had any bleeding? Um, have you had any fluid leaking out? Um, yep. ha have you seen any stars? Um, have you had any upper quadrant pain? They're looking, they're, they're kind of doing a rundown of are there things we should be concerned about and are there physical signs that we know that your um, water's broken, that type of thing. So um, expect lots of questions. Um, hopefully your nurse or OB or midwife, whoever is in that room um, asking these questions will be um, waiting between contractions to ask them of you. If they're not, it is okay for you to have a contraction. Come back to the question. Yeah. Don't feel like you got to power through and, you know, answer questions. None of these questions are emergency type questions. Right. It's more trying to gather information about where you're at in labor and what is happening inside of your body. Yep. Get a good baseline on you. Absolutely. Right. Chances are you haven't met that nurse before. Right. And so this is your introduction to the birth team in a uh, in a sense right um you're gonna their their introduction rather right. like they're getting a sense of who you are and what's going on in your labor and you might meet the provider that's on at that time i'm thinking of a question that a listener might have at this point which would be can i have some pain medication while i'm in triage oh that's a tricky one so they're gonna want to get some information on you first we know to get an epidural, you're going to need a bag of fluids, a bolus of fluids in you. And so to do that, they're going to need to start an IV. And often that gets started in the room. Sometimes it gets started in triage as well. But typically you don't get an the anesthesiologist in a triage room. So this can be a time of working <laughs> really hard, feeling like, the clock is standing still, and you just want to move things along. At least you said that so kindly. I'm just going to say, in all of my experience attending births all over the world, okay, really no. just in two countries, all I have the world. <laughs> never seen anyone get an epidural in triage. I have seen other medications being yep. administered. Um, and here's probably why you wouldn't get in triage you're not yet admitted into the hospital. Right. So you're receiving care, but you haven't been admitted. So that is not an outpatient procedure to have an epidural. Um, <laughs> potentially, though, I have seen folks get other type of pain management um, outpatient in the um, triage. Um, yeah. Sometimes those, there's like a narcotic that yeah. you can get just to help you cope until you're ready to get that epidural. Yeah. It's also, it's way too tight of a space for an anesthesiologist to come oh, yeah. on in with their cart and, you know, make half the room a sterile field, essentially. Um, 
you know, to get yeah. all set up. It's not really a, the whole room is not a sterile space, right, but, but you get you get my drift here. So yeah. they want to get you into your room. So this is part of why it feels like it takes forever if you're planning to get yeah. some pain medication. That's why we're saying time might feel like a standing still in that triage room. Okay, so once they've got all their things done, you finally get either your golden ticket to get admitted or you get the um, potential walk of shame or, as we like to call it, it's okay. We It, it happens a, to a lot of people. It's not shame. We're, we're putting that word on there because it might feel like the walk of shame. But um, please don't be ashamed of yourself. No. Please don't second guess yourself. Please don't be hard on yourself. Just take a deep breath and go, this is eventually going to happen. And now I have more understanding about what this process is. And I'm going to go home with that understanding. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we are very tongue in cheek saying the walk of shame. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you can't know no. everything. And how do you know what you don't know? So yeah. you don't know where labor is going to be when it's further along, when it's going to feel like, all you know is the moment that you're in right there, your own experience. So it's okay. But Always. we know that a lot of people are like, oh, they hang their uh-huh. heads when they turn around and get sent out. So, so that's why we jokingly call it the walk of shame. Personal story. I had what we call non-progressing contractions with my second. Did you do the walk of shame, Jen? I did. I went to the hospital because I was contracting frequently, but they weren't as strong as they needed to be. And I was, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, observed. No, what do you call it? Um, yeah, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for here? Are I don't know, but they, they took a look at you, huh? They, they t- <laughs> You're like, move on, Jen, move on. <laughs> um, so I got there. We did some observation. We deemed that it was not the right time for me to be there. And we left. And I was, of course, very apologetic to my midwife. And she's like, no, it's totally fine. You don't worry about it. Go home. Um, and, you know, in the end, I had an induction. Oh. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is I've done this. And I did this the second time around of having a baby. I was experienced at birth. And I still... Um, had a bit of a walk of shame, which I held my ha- head high and left. So there you go. Mine wasn't in the hospital, but with my second, I thought I was definitely in labor. So called my midwives. They came to my house, set everything up. They observed me as well and checked my cervix. And in fact, I was not in labor. And then I had a baby a few weeks later. Oh, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. And I had been to at least you, well over 100 births. At and at that least point. you couldn't even walk of shame because you were in your own house. In my own house. I know. I just. <laughs> oh, poor little hung my head. Poor Elise. I know. I know. But you, my friends, have the golden ticket. Woohoo! The golden ticket. You're admitted. Yay. So, what that usually means is you are either going to waddle slash walk or you're going to be pushed in, you're going to roll. You're going to roll. Roll. Again, waddle or roll. Um, Over to that um, room where you are most likely going to be having your baby. Um, And once you get there, what are you going to do? All right. Here's where all that stuff that you brought might come in handy. The, The first option, essentially, that you have is 
You could do a wardrobe change. <laughs> I love this. I know. Wardrobe. I know. It sounds way it's better. It's not like I want to put on another pair of sweats. It's a wardrobe change. I would like to change into my fancy gown. Yes. Instead of this old rag. So you might have come in in like some sweatpants or some yoga pants or whatever you came in in and pants might not be the thing that you want to give birth in. It's totally yep. cool. You can stay and labor in your pants. But you are going to be offered a hospital gown. Yep. You can wear that or you can wear something of your own, which in many of our shows we have talked about all the various options for things that you can wear. Um, you might want to put something on that's your own. And so this would be your your wardrobe change moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you get to pick that that out. And then this is also the time when you can kind of create your space too. Mm. So if you you likely aren't planning to birth under the uh, glorious glow of fluorescent lights, so this might be the time to ask for some dim lights if the IV is already in. If the IV is not or the yeah. IV port is already placed. Um, um, I would say... Um, typically that comes not to like contradict you here, Elise. It's cool. It's, I know it takes some time to get to that light dimming. Yeah. The light dimming usually takes a little bit of time. Um, I would say it's, um, changing clothes, looking around the room. If you've needed to have your eyes closed to during contractions to kind of as a, uh, a means of managing things, um, you're going to probably look around the room just a little bit and be aware of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, you're still contracting. So probably every between five and three minutes, you are needing to handle a contraction. Mm-hmm. It's a busy time. So um, probably expect to have baby monitored a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, we Often this is referred to as getting a baseline on the baby. Sometimes that's been completed in triage and there's no need for it. Um, Whereas other people, uh, sorry, other times um, that baseline happens with a longer bit of monitoring. Essentially what they're looking for here is what's, how is the baby interacting with um, these contractions? What does your baby think about this labor? Yeah. So what, what's the baby's heart rate like? Um, before, during, and after a contraction. And they typically will um, want to get a baseline by listening to baby for somewhere around 20 to 60 minutes. Yep, depending on how awake your baby is. Exactly. um, If your baby takes a nap during that time, it's going to take a little longer because the baby has to wake up. That could be by wireless monitoring or um, two monitors that are – one is is, – measuring contractions and the other one is measuring baby's heart rate um and sometimes there's a wire that goes to a little machine it's usually a long um cord not wire um and sometimes it is um cordless um so there is no cord going to that machine um let's see um you may or may you know you might not be dimming the lights at this moment but this is a great time for your partner to kind of get the space feeling like yes, your own. You're totally. going to be working hard. Yeah. But this is a great time to put on some music, to um, pull out whatever it is that you need. This is a great time to get some electrolyte drinks in your body. Yep. Sips so, of water. Yep. Your nurse is going to probably grab you some water, but she's got some other things or he's got some other things to do at this time. So your partner might go find that water or you might have brought some water with you or some Gatorade or whatever your electrolyte drink yep. is. But this is a great time to kind of find your groove. Yeah. And one of the reasons we want you to find that groove is 
sometimes the adrenaline of yeah. switching places can kind of slow things down. And then oxytocin can go down just a bit when you're around new faces. Yeah. So if you've got this great rhythm, you come into the hospital and you're making those sounds like I was making earlier in the show. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I swear it was so much harder, but now it's not as mm. hard. Did I come too soon? You know, this is not the time for doubt. A lot of people feel that doubt, but it's really normal for labor yeah. to take a take a step down yeah. with this. You're around new faces. You're in a new room. You have some fluorescent lights. I'm really hung up on the lights. You really are. <laughs> what is it with you and lights today? I'm really into birth lighting. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah. And um, so this is a, a great time to to be okay with that, that there's going to be a shift in your rhythm. Yeah. And then be patient for it to come back. But also start making the room feel like the birth space that you want. Yeah, yeah. I'm also thinking there might be another visitor um, from the lab of the hospital mm. um, who has come to draw your blood. Um, so what they're going to do is send that blood off to the lab to be tested for um, things like platelets and blood count and iron, iron. And making sure you've got them you've matched the last blood draw exactly um sometimes your nurse would do that and other times that would be another person from um the lab in the hospital so that's another visitor there might be some more questions depending on whether or not you got through all of those intake questions during triage um, but I promise after all those questions are done, they're going to not keep asking you um, things like when the last time you pooped was. That is such an important thing. Not not the poop part, Jen. <laughs> um, but to know that once those questions are yes. done, once all of this is done, it's going to slow way down. Not your labor, but the activity in your space. Yeah. So when you get there, it's busy, busy. Everyone's yes. got things to do to get you settled in. And you might yeah. even think like, oh, great. Now I'm here and I feel surrounded by people and questions and no yeah. one will just let me be. Yeah. Know that that is to come. It's really exciting. And then it gets kind of not boring, but there's not <laughs> people kind of around you needing all of this information. You get kind of left to do this labor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, just a reminder of whether or not that IV port was um, placed in triage, but expect most hospitals want to have a port. And what we're talking about is they want access to a vein. So if there is an emergency situation, um, medication needs to go straight into a vein. Um, people in labor tend to be slightly less hydrated and historically, it is harder to find a vein in someone who is pregnant than someone who is not pregnant. So they want to be able to find that, have that space in the port of your vein to, um, again, in case of emergency. So um, that's something to expect as well. Now, whether or not there would be tubing hooked up to that and IV fluids pushed into your body, that is up for debate. Um, again, it's about hospital procedure, but at least having that um, port placed and then kind of taped and then it's not messed with. It's just sort of there for an emergency situation and there's no tubing coming from it. Does that make sense the way I explained that, Elise? Sure does. Okay, good. 
With so many baby products being marketed to us, it's easy to overthink our options. With Beko Baby Carriers, you don't have to worry because they've designed a product tailored to your busy lifestyle. Beko makes award-winning baby carriers that are simple, functional, and stylish for every modern parent. Shop now at BekoBaby.com. All right, so now you're in your space and you get to do your thing. You just get to like labor and have a baby. There huh? you go. Well done. No. <laughs> <laughs> so really, you know, once that is all finished though, and all of those decisions are made, all the conversations are had, it really is your time exactly. now to do your thing and to go for it. Yeah. Um, so having an idea about what you want. So we encourage you when you're taking that hospital tour to take a look around that room so you're not trying to figure it out in the moment. Right. And think about um, what you what you want in that space. Right, right. And then um, I think, man, before I had a baby, I would have loved to have listened to this type of information to kind of give me <laughs> what. Am you would I have like, really loved us before you knew I, us. Exactly. <laughs> I would have loved this information because I had no idea what to expect once I actually arrived in the hospital. Like, okay, you come to the hospital and then you have a baby. But you have no idea what's kind of going on between those times. So um, there may be some suggestions that your nurse has for you for positions or movement. Um, I would expect that probably your doula um, will be joining you if you have hired a doula. Um, probably, you know, either got to the hospital with you or as your labor is progressing, you're now asking that doula to join you to give you some of those tips and tricks for movement and support along the way. Um, depending on um, your particular situation, um, there might be the ability to now have some medication, yeah. um, some pain management, so in the form of an epidural or narcotics, and that can be something that is discussed. Um, so remembering back to that um, before an epidural is placed, there will be the need for um, a bolus or a, a, a fluid. Bag of fluid. A bag of fluid is another word. The fancy name is bolus, but essentially it is... Another um, word for a whole bunch of... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, here's the reason for that is that um, you need to have good hydration. Um, not hydration, that's the wrong word for it. Fluid balance within your body. Mm-hmm. Um, as, uh, sometimes, um, an effect of the epidural is that it can, um, it can lower your blood pressure. There we go. And babies do not really like it when all of a sudden your blood pressure drops. So having that extra fluid put in your body actually helps your blood pressure to stay where it was. And so all that to say, yes, it is a safety, um, mechanism. It's something we're doing. protocol. Yeah. 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 So like Jen said, you could get your epidural if you're planning to get an epidural. If you are not planning to have an epidural at that moment or at all, this is the time where you get to start doing your thing. Yeah. And so doing your do. Doing your do. So I guess this is the part where you're in and happy labor. You get to go labor. Yeah. And notice how she used the word labor. This isn't necessarily the easy part, right? This right. is your body working hard um, to bring your baby to you. There's a lot of muscles at, at 
at work here. There's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of mental um, stimulation as well as you're trying to stay in your body, cope with uh, this experience, and stay really kind of settled and not allow fear or other negative emotions to kind of take you into a space that's difficult. Yep. So um, this is a great time for some good support from the people that you have chosen to be around for your labor. Absolutely. So if you're looking for the next part of what is to happen after you're checked in, uh, follow up with our episode about active labor. Yeah, uh, actually. Because there is a lot of great information about active labor on there. Yeah. Um, but now you are ready to go to the hospital and have a baby. Happy birthing. Happy birthing. Yeah. I mean, don't go yet because it's too soon. Yeah. I mean, unless you're listening to this in early labor, it might be, you know, getting close to, to your time. time. Yeah. But not unless it's time because we don't want you to have to take yeah. that car ride back because it's not fun. Don't start the party until it's time. I love it. Don't start the party till it's yeah. time for the party. So enjoy the party. Um, Thanks and happy for listening. Labor. Yeah. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pushing It Podcast. And you could tell us all about your thoughts on uh, arriving to the hospital or turtles in the street. Oh, yeah, that too. Very important. Don't run over the turtles. They're not real turtles. Well, like, okay, they don't actually, I know, they're but not if they're breathing. Living. No, they're not breathing. All we right. don't even have like walking around turtles in Seattle. Yes, we do. All right. Green light. Next time on Pushing right. a Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.